You're listening to Living with Louie. Welcome to this edition of Living with Louie. In this edition, uh, I'd like to have Abby share, my daughter, share her story. So, And share a little bit about um, how our lives have changed and how things are different. Um, this may get a little emotional, but it'll be okay. We have a little bit of an unconventional relationship. So dad is actually technically my stepdad. Who? <laughs> I didn't step on anything. No, you didn't. Um, but so we met when I was 15, actually Christmas Day when I was 15. Do you remember what I told you? Yes, that you weren't there to replace my dad. Right. My biological father, as we r- refer to him now. <laughs> right. I also told you that I would always be there for you, no matter what. And you've stuck by that. And then you tossed her, she kisses to me behind mom's back. I did what? No, no. no. Uh, yeah, no. Mm-mm. That's why I, I, I don't get you Hershey, Hershey kisses for Christmas or anything like that. No, and then you give me all these pooping toys, but that's all right. <laughs> Yeah, I do that too. Um, but we got along quickly. Um, it was funny. I was actually talking to somebody the other day um, that not too long after you and mom had gotten together, started dating, and I knew and everything that somebody had asked mom how we got along. And somebody, I've never forgot this, and mom said, oh, they get along great. They fight all the time. And the person looked at them like, what, 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 okay, yep, that sounds great. <laughs> well, that's where parenting comes in, and, uh, you know, I mean, you, we did argue, and there were times that you didn't, we didn't see eye to eye, but yeah. I think that you always knew that I had your best interests at heart. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, we had the normal, typical parent and teen struggles. Well, that's because I never got to put you in frilly lace and that kind of thing. But I that's kn- all right. You solved that. I, I knew you were going to bring that up. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I solved that because I had a little girl. That's right. Um, who was about to be three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's a spitfire, to say the least. She's a handful, but that's okay. Yeah. And for a while, Dad actually would uh, babysit her while I was at work until it ended up becoming a little bit too much because she she's too much for anybody. She's a handful, <laughs> and when I can't, I just, um, it broke my heart. Yeah, that was a very hard conversation to have to have, but I... I never wanted to stop doing that, but I also knew it was not safe for her, and it wasn't probably safe for me. No. And so, unfortunately, that we had to make a change. Yep. But she so, she loves Pappy. Pappy's her favorite. I don't know about her favorite. I think her daddy's her favorite, but I might be a close second. Yeah. Most of the time, you ain't outright mom. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, 
It has probably nothing to do with that spool. Or... Mm. Yeah, no. Not at all. You don't run off in Walmart and then come back with a bingo plushie that talks. Nope. Mm-mm. Never done that. Nope. Nope. Or take her to Walmart to go shopping and then ask the lady at Walmart what to get to cover her diaper under her dress. Hey, look, I never had the daughter. No, I totally I get you, that. So I never had one that was uh, little like that. And so, uh, you know, the best thing you can do is ask somebody to maybe know more than you do. Yeah. No, I love that. That's one of my favorite my favorite things. It was so cute. But um, about a year after I had my daughter, I was actually diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis um, and that came not too long before dad's diagnosis of Louis body. So we both kind of ended up commiserating and bonding again over having shared not great situations in life, to say the least. Well, that's right. They've been challenging, to say the least. But, you know, I think that um, if I don't teach you anything, I'd like to teach you that you can overcome these things and still have some purpose yeah, and meaning. Yeah. We both um, struggled a bit with that in the beginning when we first found out about our respective because I was working as a hairstylist and it, sl- it you quickly became... You should see this hair. <laughs> it quickly became way too much for me to do with my hands as bad as they were because of my RA. Um, And then dad and I kind of, I remember us having a lot of conversations about bonding over, my hands don't work today. Well, neither do mine. No, that's one thing. The dexterity is in my fingers. I know the dexterity in your hands that has suffered. And that's a very hard thing to deal with because you're used to doing so many things. And, and yeah, you just quickly get reminded of the things you can't do. And that's no fun. But yeah, it's, I still remember the first day I knew something wasn't right. Ellie was like six weeks old. And all of a sudden I woke up and I couldn't, I could barely pick her up. I couldn't, both my hands just decided to not work. And I, super painful and then just got oh it's carpal tunnel you just had a baby you're a hairstylist and I was like well that makes sense and ended up going to somebody and found out it wasn't carpal tunnel and then randomly had other things swell and then got the test and found out it was rheumatoid and um we both kind of bonded over having to give up things that we love doing well you give up things and you find uh, new things I think that you can have a purpose with and hence this podcast for me I know and I know that you've wanted to do this as well yeah I wanted to do something I could never quite I knew I wanted to do some kind of podcast but I could never quite narrow down what exactly I wanted to do it on until you approached me with this um and I, well, I, I think this it. is important. It is. Um, it's important uh, for people to hear. So. Um, and with when Dad was diagnosed, I went, of course, right to 
the worst, like we've talked about. You go straight to the internet, just yeah. start looking at stuff, and then it starts. Um, it'll, it will scare you for certain. If definitely. Um, and after looking at stuff, I know you brought this up in your story about when we had to, when we got rid of the nine. Um, when she refers to the nine, she's talking about a nine millimeter handgun. Yes. That was kept in the house here. So go ahead. That was kept safely. I do want to say that. There was no issue with that. We didn't think it was going to magically fall into the wrong hands, but we were worried. Specifically, I was worried, and I think I was the first one that said that it needed to get out because I have dealt with hard things, and I've dealt with suicidal ideation. You've dealt with your share of uh, issues mental health-wise, and... And I, I admire the way that you have dealt with them. And so go ahead. But because of my history with things, I immediately was like, I know how easy it is to make that jump that everything would be easier without you. So I, I think I was the first one that said it needed to go out of the house. And we wanted to get it out and then tell you that it was gone and I think because one of my brothers was home that weekend she forgot when it got taken out of the house to say something once it had quieted down and I didn't think to say anything and then we all forgot until you went looking for it one day and we all went oh crap because we never met (laughs) yeah we didn't mean for it to go down the way it did no I know you didn't and And I know that it was done by everyone because they love me. Yes. But, um, yeah, like I said, my biggest reason for thinking it needed to go was because of my past struggles with mental health and issues. Um, I, I lost my brother when I was young, and I've struggled with that for you will struggle. The most, of my, most of my life. You will for the rest of your life. I mean, it's, sure. not, it's not anything. It, it's like there's a hole, I'm sure, in your heart that, that, that the only thing that someone can maybe do is catch the tears that go through it. They're not going to ever fill it. No. So I'm curious, how, how, does, how have you seen things change with me and how has that affected you? Well, like we said with talking about going back to when you had to give up watching Ellie all the time, um, that was – not that I knew things weren't changing before that, but I think that was when I really realized how fast and hard everything was coming at that point. And – not that I want to say that your progression has stopped or anything like that, but it seems like currently it's at a kind of leveled off. Yeah. It's definitely at a plateau. But um, when we first had that conversation about you couldn't watch Ellie anymore, I was scared. And then shortly after that, I think um, not too long after that, we had a conversation and you told me that you thought you were only going to be around for another year year and a half and that was really hard 
And I immediately went into, well, the next year, year and a half has to be the best. Um, there has to be some quality to it. Yeah. I, and I don't know where this goes. I know that I love you very much. I love Ellie. Yep. And I don't want to break anybody's heart, but I don't know that I'll ever avoid that. But yeah. we will certainly do everything we can to fight forward for as long as we can. It's That's the, the cost of love is grief one day. This is so true. <laughs> I, it is. I unfortunately had to learn that at a very young age, and it... You did. I definitely, I don't want to say taints, but changes your worldview. Um, I was, oh, I think it makes you more aware of. Uh, the fleetingness of life. Right. It's a very thin line. Yeah. And how quick it can change. Be changed and taken away. Yeah. Um, but definitely with. After that was really when I started to see, I th I think it was more that I just started paying attention to a little bit more, and you could see you faltering a little bit more, like with your steps and stuff like that, and um, it started reminding me of my grandfather that had Parkinson's. Um, well, there's definitely Parkinsonism. Yes, involved with Louis body, and certainly I've. Um, had the uh, the experience of all of that. Yes, but work on it every day almost. Yeah, that was another thing that was a little bit hard and jarring for me too because it was watching. Um, it was like watching watching the same thing over again happening to. Another person you love. Two of the most important men that I've had in my life to this point, other than now my husband. Well, but, I'm glad that you uh, feel that I'm one of the most important men in your life. Uh, that's, uh, I think, I from the beginning, that's all I ever wanted was to be there for you. And help you in any way that I could. Yep. And you've definitely, you've always done that. It's been the better part of my life now. And yeah, this is getting a little emotional. It's okay though, because yeah. emotions are not a bad thing. No, they're not. They're not necessarily something to run from. They're not, but it's also not easy to share, but no. it's okay. We will continue to share because we feel that's the important piece. Yeah. Um, I know we've talked a lot about sharing your story. And I, one of the biggest reasons that I've always been very, like, a proponent of sharing your story is you never know who it's going to end up touching to be able to possibly save somebody or change their life. Um it changes one person's outlook. If it helps one person, it's worth everything that we've done, everything we're doing. 
Yeah. And, I mean, right now it just is amazing to me how far-reaching this has become. Yeah. But it's a good thing. It definitely is. We were um, talking about how far it seems like it's reached just in the short amount of time that we've been going, which is great. Um, to get it out to people, one of the best and worst things about the internet is all the information and the people that you can access. And we want to be a more positive spot for information and people. I think what we want to do is share that there's um, there's hope after the diagnosis. There's hope to be able to still have um, an impact, a positive impact on uh, other people. There's always hope to have a positive impact until you're no longer here. Well, I'm not an anxious for that, but... But, so... That is my story and my biggest reason for wanting to go through with doing this with my dad is to share our story and hopefully help people. Well, that's also mine, but I also want the world to know that I love you very much, Abby. I love you very much too, Dad. And um, I am very glad that you have decided to do this with me to help me. As I struggle to get some of these things out, but um, I appreciate the fact that, that you wanted to help and wanted to be involved in this project. Well, when you lose the words, I certainly have 97 to replace the one that you can't think of. Well, there's one thing you've never <laughs> been short of is things to say. That's for sure. All right, that's been Abby's story and how it's impacting, how things are impacting her and kind of a backstory on, on, uh, on our lives together. And we just want to hope that we can be a positive uh, voice for people that are living with Louie. Thank you for all your support so far. Yes, the support has been magnificent and uh, we would definitely like to thank everyone who shares it, and uh, because the more we share it, the more people it's going to get to, the more people we're going to touch, and that's uh, that's just a wonderful thing. Yeah. We'd like to thank you for joining us for this edition of Living with Louie.